This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, November 13th, 2020. Friday the 13th. Yeah. Okay. So I know everybody's anxious about many things, right? The pandemic is still a worry. Looks like uh, Biden is the, going to be the president we thought he would be, but Trump still hasn't conceded. But the count is made it so that he is the president-elect, in my, and I don't think that's going to change. So, is that a problem for the, us as investors? Not really. Not really. And we'll get into that if you want to talk about that. I'd be happy to talk about it. But we did have good news about the vaccine. The vaccine is here. The first one, anyways, from Pfizer. Uh, it's going to be out in the, within the next month or so uh, in millions of doses. And that's the first of a number of vaccines and a number of treatments coming out. So I'm I'm thinking we have to think ahead and start investing as if we're, what will happen if this is over, meaning the COVID-19 crisis is over. I know it's spread and it's bad in many places, but I don't think you should invest that way. You know, I know that certain states are resetting down and counties and cities here in California. Okay, but I'm still thinking you don't invest that way. You invest looking forward. Forward. I'm Steve Peasley, and today in this program and podcast, I will do my best to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. I know you want strategies, so we'll provide those. We have to deal with this volatility. It's still going to be with us. I still think we're probably going to have good news and bad news, but I think the bad news that affects the market, that brings it down, is the time to invest. Okay? That's what I'm telling you. So how the market do today? It was up. The Dow was up 400 points, the NASDAQ up 120, and the S&P up 48. So we've had a pretty big up week, um, and I think that's, you know... I'm seeing some rotation. We're going to get into that. It's one of our main discussion topics today. Is, is, are, we going to, are we seeing rotation in the market from one sector to others? And so we'll get into that as well. Anyway, so that's what the market did today. And you know we're always busy. We have lots of calls to get through. A lot, you know, and we're live right now, 4 to 5 Pacific time. So you can give me a call right this minute. Love to talk to you. Our number, 888-99-CHART. So let's go ahead and get started. Here's the first caller. Hi, Steve, Mark, Justin. Uh, really love your show. Thank you so much for what you do. I'm um, calling from Boston. I recently wrote over about 150 k in my 401k from my previous employer to Fidelity. I am in my early 30s, and I used to have most of the fund in like a 2050 Morningstar index fund. I have two questions. One is, what funds would you recommend for me to invest in moving forward? And the second question is, in terms of timing, should I do a regular periodic investing? Just curious about your opinion. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Okay, I would get in fairly quickly. Um, I wouldn't dollar cost average over the next few months. I would not. 
I would try to get in over the next month, maybe maybe month and a half. Uh, get in, and I would go into the major indexes if you don't uh, want to buy individual stocks, uh, and you may not want to because you may not have the knowledge. But I think you should get into the the major indexes: S&P 500, the Dow, the and the uh, the Nasdaq. I might put a, a little weight in the Dow and the S&P 500, and not as much weight in the Nasdaq at this time. But I still think you should be in all three if you're going to index. That's where you want to be. Okay, thank you for the question. Appreciate that. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and there's no denying it. The calendar does not lie. We already have snow on the ground in some states, in northwestern Nevada, for instance, and we are moving quickly through the fourth quarter. The holiday seasons will be here soon. So, we can all probably do a better job of managing our risk of our, of our accounts, right? Balancing the assets in your portfolio, that's the job. And you need to be doing that. So listen, you can call and ask me if you want, and we'll talk about that. I don't mind. But you can ask anything financial. So I'll be happy to talk about that. We should. We so your participation is really, really important to the show. Make it interesting. We're taking your calls live at eight 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 ninety nine chart. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. Chart. Let's go to Jeffrey in Virginia. How you doing, Jeffrey? Good. How are you? Good, good. You might want to turn down the music, guys. Turn down the music. So, Jeffrey, you had a question. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I'm calling about CHL, Charlie Hotel Lima. This is uh, China Mobile. I was yes. wondering if I could get your thoughts on this stock in the context of the uh, new presidential executive order restricting Americans from owning uh, Chinese stocks with defense industrial ties. Um, I own the stock, a few shares of it. I bought it for the uh, dividend and possibly a cheap valuation. I I kind of like it. I, I realize I understand that. I understand what the, they said, but it's very, very inexpensive. China Mobile, everybody, of course, is a Hong Kong company, Hong Kong-based provider of digital wireless voice data services to 950 million customers. They're going to make $3.88 this year, which is not as much as it made in the years before. They were making $4, but then uh, next year they're going to make about $0.10 cents more, so not a lot. But you're looking at a $31 stock. So you're talking about below 10 P.E., maybe 8, 9, and its five-year average is 8 to 15. Meanwhile, you're getting a 6% dividend. As long as there isn't anything wrong with the company that we don't know about, I, I, I think it's a good play. You know, you can collect the dividend until it finally maybe goes up to a normal P.E. range around, you know, 15, go up to a high. It's high. It will come back there someday. And I think the politics for China with Biden as president is going to be less um, less confrontational. Let's put it that way. 
I think Trump was more confrontational, and Biden will be less. So I, I kind of like the play, Jeffrey. I think I'd stick with it. I would. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Okay, my focus point today concerns a story. Investors must decide if an earnings comeback for cyclical stocks will justify their faith. Are we going to have a big earnings comeback? And I'm thinking, yes, to be perfectly honest. I'm thinking it will. It might take a bit. It might take a year. But remember, we always trade forward. So coming up on the show, I'll give you my view on that story. Other topics I want to get ready for, time permitting. Uh, I want to talk about the inflation news that came out in the last couple of days. Um, also, um, how about objections to a reverse mortgage? And mar how about marketing yourself to get a job? Those are things I want to talk about. Okay? Okay. Uh, Tom, I can hear you talking on the phone. So, that's what we're going to discuss today, everybody. 888-99-CHARTER is our number. 888-992-4278. Time to give me a call. What's on your mind? What do you guys want to talk about? I mean, obviously, you know, we're still going to have, uh, we still got politics to deal with, but I, I don't want to talk about politics other than in how they will f reflect in the stock market. Okay? Basically, that's it. We, you know, we, this show is to teach us all to try to earn our money, to make our money grow. So, that's what we want to discuss, okay? Let's go to Emilio in San Francisco. How you doing, Emilio? How are you, Steve? I'm good. Thank you for the call. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm uh, so excited to I'm semi-back in the game a little bit. Good. As much as I can. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And I took your, and thank you very much, because I took your words into uh, uh, very serious when you said you want us into the market now coming up. Yeah. So when you talk about indexes and how it's a great way to, uh, you know, to, to, to own stocks, would you would you go with a QQQ? I would I would have QQQ if I was an index investor. I would have Q's the mm -hmm. Q's in my in my portfolio. Um, a couple of years ago, last year, I probably would have overweighted the Q's. Now I'm thinking I want to underweight them a little bit, uh, and I would rather overweight the big industrials. You know, okay, the Dow and the S and P 500. But I still would have. What the do you Q mean? Over, I'm sorry, overweight. What do you mean overweight? Meaning, you know, let's say you let's say you have three holdings: the Q's, the Dow, which is DIA, the Dow Thirty, and the S and P five hundred. I wouldn't have a third, third, third. I would not. I would underweight oh, the Q's, underweight them, okay, and gotcha. overweight the gotcha. bigger stocks. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Me, like the Nasdaq one hundred. Yeah. You would underweight okay. it. Okay. Maybe twenty percent, twenty five percent. And put put more into the other the other exactly. major exactly. Indexes. Thank you, Amelia. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Steve. You're the man. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Okay, Fridays. I try to make uh, you know try to fit in some of the benchmark numbers. The two-year Treasury yield was 0.179 percent per year. Pretty darn low. The ten-year is 0.89, and I don't know if you noticed that. If you listen to it over the weeks, I don't know if you you know, are, you know can to tell, but the spread between the two-year and ten-year is very important, and it has expanded. That's good news for the market, for the economy. Okay, good.
good news. Gold is priced at $1,891, $1,891 an ounce. So the gold broke 2000 several months ago, two, three months ago, and hasn't been able to, give, to do it again. So it's been trading kind of on the sideways. What does that mean? Well, it means to me that for those people who want to get into gold, this is your opportunity. It's, you know, Do you think gold is going to go up in the future? I do because of all the huge spending. I think we're going to have a lot more spending. I think it's going to weaken the dollar more, and thus gold will go up. That's what I think. Could be wrong, but I don't think so. Anyways, how about gasoline? $40.45 a barrel. Remember it got down to $19, $20 a barrel? Remember that? Now it's $40.45. The national average of gasoline, $2.13. In California here, where I am, $3.17 per gallon. If I was in Wisconsin, I'd be paying $1.95. Of course, I don't necessarily want the weather in Wisconsin. You guys are pretty cold out there in the winter. My, my younger brother moved out there for one year. He thought he wanted to make that his home. He likes fishing and hunting and all those things. And he couldn't last once one winter. Didn't last one winter. Anyways, I thought that was interesting. Funny. Let's see if I can get another caller in before the end of the break. 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I was just wondering if now is a good time to be investing in REITs or when – Ideally, it's the best time in the market to be doing that. Thank you. Well, REITs are, you know, the problem with REITs, well, I don't think it's a problem. There's so many different kinds of them, okay? So, so you know, do you, do, do you buy a REIT that specializes in big malls? Heck no, right? You don't want to be in the big malls the big with anchor stores that are the department stores. You don't want to be there. That's going to be a tough business. Do you want to be in a warehouse REIT where, you know, an economic recovery is is coming from a, a vaccine? That, that might be a good idea. So, yeah, it depends on the REIT. So, yes, plus they pay high dividends and, you know, be, you know, you know the rules on that. If you don't, call me up and I'll ask. So, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And there's, of course, uncertain times all around us, but... I think we're going to get a resolution of these uncertain times. So let's just give me a call. 888-99. You can get your free InvestTalk podcast downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or InvestTalk.com. Be sure to tell your friends and family members about InvestTalk and encourage them to listen, rate, and review. Okay, my focus point today is about, quote, investors must decide if an earnings comeback for cyclical stocks will justify their faith, end of quote. So cyclical stocks, you know what has been running for a number of years, and that's those tech stocks. And it's been a great run for those tech stocks. I'm not... And they could still continue to do that. I'm not even saying that they're necessarily going to fall. No, not really. But what I am saying is think of all the sensitive sectors to an economic rebound. Okay, and think what's happening out there. We have a, a president-elect that is, uh, that is probably going to be very supportive of more spending on this stimulus package than less, Right. 
And if the Democrats win the Senate, they're going to have their way of whatever they want to spend. So that's going to, no matter what, even if they lose the Senate, there's going to be a spending package. And that spending package is going to be in the trillions, one, two, three, I don't know. And that money is going to give a big boost to not only our economy, but to the stock market as well. You add to that the vaccines that we're going to have. And this means all those sectors that got beaten up will probably come roaring back. What would what would stop them from roaring back? What, what's going to stop them? Well, a lack of earnings will stop them. The lack of perceived earnings will stop them from roaring back. Now, is that going to happen? Remember, this COVID is not just in the United States. It's all over the world. So the whole world economy will probably do very well 2021, 2022. How long will it take to get the vaccine out there for everybody? Probably not till late next year. Everybody means not just the United States. In the United States, sooner than every place else. But it's probably going to take a number, you know, at least till the end of next year to get it to the world. But the stock market looks in the windshield going forward. It doesn't look in the rearview mirror. It looks in the windshield going forward. So you got to invest that way. Okay? Okay. This is the best talk, by the way. I'm Steve Peasley, and, of course, there's all these uncertain times we're dealing with, right? So I, I, I think you need to take a look at your portfolio. You may have to reevaluate them. But before you do that, you might want to take our free risk questionnaire to figure out how much risk you're willing to take and how much risk is in your portfolio right now. It's called Riskalyze. Justin and I can use the results to develop a strategy that works best for your portfolio, you. So look for Riskalyze at the investtalk.com website, investtalk.com, our website. And now we are taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Matt from the Boston area. Um, I have some cash on hand that I'd like to dollar cost average into the S&P 500 and other index funds. So I was wondering if it's best to buy the dips or buy at a consistent schedule. And should I be uh, buying this over a six-month period, one year, two years? Uh, what would be a good time frame for that? This is for a long-term investment. Thanks. Bye. I would probably do it sooner than later, as I told the previous caller. I would like to see you get in within the next three months. Don't do more than six months at this point, not at this stage. Um, and I like dollar-cost average, same amount each time. I, of course, I would love for you to buy the dips. The problem with that is now you're trying to time the market with the dips. And so the market goes down 400 points today. Did you buy something? A lot of people get afraid. What if it goes down a thousand points? Did you buy something then? Or are you afraid that the market's going to collapse on you and crash? That's what most people do. They react to their emotions. Instead of buying the dips, they wait until the dip is over, comes back up, and then they buy. Well, you didn't buy the dip. So it depends how disciplined you are, you you are personally. But to maintain that, to really ensure discipline, you do a dollar cost average in a set time period, and you don't care what the market does. Okay, so that would probably be my suggestion: set time period, don't care what the market does, just do it. Okay. Now we had some inflation news in the form of PPI and uh, and uh, CPI out this week. We didn't have hardly any 
economic news out this week. Uh, very, very little. What you did have is you had a bunch of Federal Reserve presidents um, uh, giving speeches. I don't know if anybody listened to them. You ever, you ever notice that kind of the Federal Reserve is kind of not very important these days? No one's really paying attention to what they're doing. Maybe because of the election, maybe because of the COVID, whatever. And I, th- I think one of the reasons is um, that's because uh, because they everybody knows that they're not going to do anything. We know they're going to leave rates alone very low. We know that. And we know they're going to continue to be very accommodative in the marketplace for the economy because of this COVID thing. Now, next year, the year after, do you think they'll start raising rates? Depends on how fast we get a recovery going here. Now, we already are recovering, but how fast will that happen? That stimulus package is going to be a big deal. Going to be a big deal. Okay? Now, there's probably um, no one over the age of 10 that isn't aware of gold. Maybe even younger than 10, they're aware of gold. They're aware of it, at least in jewelry. We've all probably dreamed about, you know, discovering gold, finding gold, maybe owning a gold mine. But so as we go to break, here are my two-part trivia question. How many U.S. states had major gold deposits discovered? And which state is America's leading gold producer? I'll have the answers after the break. But for now, my phone lines are open. I encourage you to give me a call, 888-99-CHART. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. difference a year makes. You've got finance and investment questions, and Steve Peasley is here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, 99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, before the break, I gave you a, my trivia question. How many states, U.S., United States states, have had major gold deposits discovered, 
And which state is America's leading gold producer? I think you're going to find that surprising. So here's the answer. And before I reveal that hold the answer, let's describe gold. Gold is a chemical element with the symbol AU and the atomic number 79. Gold has one of the highest naturally occurring atomic number elements. In its purest form, it's a bright, slightly reddish-yellow, dense, soft, malleable, and ductile metal. Chemically, gold is a transition metal and a group 11 element. So how many U.S. states have had major gold deposits discovered? 18. I bet you wouldn't have guessed that. 18. They are Colorado, Georgia, Idaho, Michigan, Montana, Nevada, New Mexico, North Carolina, Oregon, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, Washington, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. You notice I didn't say Alaska? Notice I didn't say Alaska? There was no Alaska in that. So which states is America's leading gold producer? I wonder how many of you would have said Alaska. It's Nevada. Nevada. In 2016, Nevada produced 170 tons, representing 81% of the U.S. gold and 5.5% of the world's production. Much of the gold in Nevada comes from large open pit mining. Today's gold price... $1,891 per ounce. Wouldn't you like to have a pound or two of gold? Be nice, huh? Okay, let's grab another voice bank question from 888-99-CHART. Yeah, hi, Justin and Steve. This is March, and I wanted to get your opinion on Bayer AG, ticker B-A-Y-R-Y. Um, I'm looking to put a position in and think that it's undervalued right now and is a healthcare as, as well as agriculture play. But wanted to get your opinion, if you agree, and if this would be a good entry point. Thanks, and I'll listen for it on the show. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Okay, Bear. Oh, let me pull. Let me let's see. Why am I having trouble with my computer? I got a frozen computer here. You know, I try to pull up the, all the information beforehand, and now, of course, it doesn't help me relaunch that. Okay, I was looking at a chart, which I could pull up pretty. It's starting to recover. Okay, it got down to as low as twelve dollars. It's now fourteen dollars sixteen cents. The last week or two, it's got it was high as twenty dollars in June. Okay, that's when it made its high. Um, is is how how much more can it go? Is really what you're probably asking. Let me try it again. B A whatever it is, a uh, Bear A G. It's out of Germany. Uh, it's a German group that produces pharmaceutical and medical products polycarbonates, and crop protection products, okay? They're going to make $1.84 this year. That's the highest um, the highest money, the most money they made since 2014 or so, where they made $2.04. The stock is $14. $1.84 and $14 tells you that's what? An 8 PE. Oh. Actually, that's cheaper than that. Well, uh, uh, no, about an 8, 9 PE. Um... And the range is 7 to 20. Return on equity is 13%, pays a 3.8% dividend. I kind of like the play. I think it's a good play. It has It's starting to recover. I think it's one of those stocks that will recover nicely. With you know, It double-bottomed when it hit last March it hit the bottom because of everything else. COVID bottom. It tested that bottom, and now it's moving off of that bottom. So this would be a buy point, in my opinion. 
Bayer, B-A-Y-R-Y, German company. 888-99-CHART, the KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed to, distributed to subscribers today. And, of course, I try to make it meaningful for everybody. The first section is called Market Conditions. Um, there was little in the way of economic data, as I mentioned earlier this week. The market did rally on Pfizer's announcements of the COVID-19 vaccine just to be 90% effective. The president election is not over. Of course, it probably is. And President Trump is engaging in legal battles, which challenged the vote count. But, you know, the results in key several states probably show Biden will be the next president. So I shift from growth, a shift from growth stocks to value stocks has been underway. This is in the newsletter, everybody. Companies that suffered most in COVID had a sharp turnaround. The longer play will be to watch which countries can reopen with a vaccine in the pipeline. And those companies, which companies, uh, those companies that could benefit under a widely presumed Biden administration. You have to think about those. Maybe you're always investing in the future. So I think closing up our economy again would be a mistake because a reliable COVID-19 vaccine should be available four years in. And the vaccine distribution is expected to be widespread by late next year. Widespread, I mean, around the world. That was my market uh, uh, first section of the newsletter. In the portfolio management section, in the portfolio management section, keeping your investment behavior and emotions in check can be just as important as selecting the right company in which to invest. Overconfidence can be a destructive behavior as well. This is common in bull markets where most traders can make money as long as they stay invested. So I, I noticed that people get very confident in a bull market, and they think that they know everything and they can do it themselves. That's not the test, everybody. The test is not in a bull market. The test is in a bear market. Okay? So, you know, you really have to test yourself through both swings of that. And the only bear market we've had in years is the one we went through in March caused by the COVID. So it's kind of an unusual bear market. So I'm just trying this section, just trying to help people to understand their emotions and how to deal with them. In the stock idea section, I focus on a company that provides software products and software enables services to a variety of customers, primarily in the financial service industry. And we, I, we have personal knowledge because we use some of their products. So I thought that was an interesting thing. The, this other stock suggestion is in the food industry, the food service distribution industry. I kind of still like that play. You know, I still think it's a good play, a good sector to be in. Of course, I name names in the newsletter. Finally, Consumer Watch. This is a section I have trouble every week, by the way, everybody, to try, try to come up with something that's pertinent and important. So this one, recently the COVID-19 pandemic and riots in the large cities, there has been a residential shift to the suburbs and to low-cost living states. Some of the moving is natural, especially as a large segment of the baby boomer generation retires. So where should they move to? What is important to them? I talked about a recent survey that came out, uh, and they, the number one, you know, they had issues. They listed them. 
number one issue, of course, is affordability. 44% of the respondents said that was the number one issue. Number two was low crime. That's 20% of them said that came in number two. So, interesting. Affordability and low crime. Affordability and low crime. So, as you might imagine, the highest cost of living state is Hawaii, most because mostly because of the housing prices in the newsletter. Guess who guess who comes in second and third though? Second third. District of Columbia is second, California's third. I happen to live in the third most expensive state in the United States. There's a lot of valuable information in the KPP premium newsletter. And I do I work on this thing every week. So if you want to subscribe, you can go directly to investtalk.com and subscribe. You'll get the full report every Friday directly in your email box. Now, this if this information, you know, provides a question in your mind or raises a question in your mind, I really do encourage you to reach out to Justin and myself with email, call us. We'll talk to you. We'll answer any questions. Okay, let's get back to callers, this time from Texas. Hey guys, this is Alias out of Corpus Christi again. I have a plan to where within the next five years I do plan on buying a house. Of course, everyone likes to say, well, you should always keep an eye out on the foreclosures list. And I wanted to know, is there like any catch to buying a house on the foreclosing list? And if so, what does that catch usually end up being? Or is it, hey, the bank lost money on this and they're just trying to get their money back? And so they want to sell it for at cost with a little bit of profit on top. Look forward to listening to the answer. I would really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Okay, the banks hate having foreclosures on their books because it it subtracts capital from their company. Okay, they can't use that capital. It's tied up in a foreclosure. So they definitely want to get rid of the house, get rid of the foreclosure as fast as possible. Now, the drawbacks. Banks usually are not too careful about whether the house is fixed up or there's no problems with it or whatever. So make sure you get a good inspector on that house. I bought the house I'm living in right now through foreclosure about 15 years ago. <coughs> and I had three inspectors look at this house before I put in a bid. I had a plumbing inspector, inspector and just a regular inspector. A plumbing inspector and an electric, electrician inspector because the person that they foreclosed on destroyed a lot of stuff in the house. And I was really worried that there was going to be a major problems that I couldn't see in the house. So take a look at that. Was the house foreclosed on and did they destroy the house on the inside? Make sure you take get that inspected. That's the big thing about a foreclosure. Get it inspected before you put money, you know, make an offer before that happens. Okay, you want to know, or what you can do is you can make an offer subject to inspection. That's usually, I think, how it goes. Make an offer subject to inspection. Give yourself time to back out. Depends on the jurisdiction. Texas, I'm not sure. You know, California lets you back out the very last day. I mean, I think it's really unfair to the sellers of properties, but they'll let you back out 100%, all your money back. So... Anyways, that's the biggest issue, okay? Okay? 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I really do encourage you to explore the financial investment information we have on our website 
That's at investtalk.com with two T's, investtalk.com. You can learn about the various investment strategy opportunities that we have. Uh, we have a comp- program called Equity Income Plus. It's a dividend investment strategy, but we also boost that income with a covered call on many of our positions, covered calls. So that gets us a little bit more income. So if you're serious about achieving financial freedom, you'll want to reach out to me or Justin, Justin Klein at KPP Financial in Irvine, California. Learn more by going to investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. You can get your free Invest Talk podcast downloads anytime at iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or investtalk.com. I am a big fan of your podcast, and I just got started with it. Be sure to tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk and encourage them to listen, rate, and review. The Anytime Listener lines never close. Steve and Justin are waiting for your questions. 888-99-CHART. Talked about reverse mortgages off and on over the years here. Reverse mortgage, and for those people who don't know, that's where you know you have a lot of equity in your house. It's paid off, and you're in retirement because you've got to be older to do a reverse mortgage. And you know that's where a lot of your money is tied up. It's in your house, and you still want to live in the house, but you really can't afford it. Well, what you can do, and it's not a first resort, but a last resort, what you can do is do a reverse mortgage on your house in which the bank pays you a lump sum. It's actually loaning you a money, loaning you the money. You still It's still a, a mortgage, by the way. You're going to have to pay it back at some time. So what are some of the objections, objections that people have to a reverse mortgage? Okay, uh... Many people think that because if you do a reverse mortgage, you, it, it's gonna, they're going to make you sell your house. No, that's not true. That's a reverse mortgage. You never have to pay it back until you move out or die. Okay? Then you have to sell the house, pay them back the loan, and you get the equity from that. Whatever's left is still yours. They don't make you sell the house. They're not. They, you, it's unlimited. You can stay there until you die. There's no time limit. So there's a couple other things in here that we need to talk about before on a reverse mortgage. Um, it's costly. You got to remember that they, to do the loan up front, they, they, you have to pay points and it's cost because they're not going to get a dime. They get nothing until you either move out or die. That could be years and years and years. The bank gets nothing. Then get their money back. Okay, so it can be costly. That's one of the issues, and one of the and it was uh, that's one of the drawbacks. Okay, so the fees are high. You got to pay attention to that. Um, some people think the amount you're receiving is too low because they will not loan you more than like I don't know exactly the number, but like fifty percent the value. They're not going to loan you much because remember the. They want to make sure they get their money back at some point down the road. So costs go up because you, you're paying like you're supposed to be paying a monthly mortgage, but you're not. But they're adding interest to it. So the mortgage is going up and up and up over the years. But you owe back. Okay? This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. 888-99-CHART. Give me a call. 
look at the calendar. We are into November and on our way to Thanksgiving and then Christmas. Of course, the holidays may look a little different this year. But now, you've got finance and investment questions. Steve and Justin welcome your calls. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. Uh, Jeff from Florida. Call in today about the food and beverage industry. It's 11-11. Seems like people are rotating out of these safe stocks or stocks that were going to do good because of COVID, like uh, Sprouts and Kroger. I was calling to see if this is a buying opportunity to get into those. I've been waiting to get into them. Seems like a opportune time. If you could just let me know what you think, that'd be great. Thank you. Actually, I think it is. I do. Uh, I'll take a look at one. Let's talk about Sprouts. Sprout, and by the way, we own both of these in our managed account. SFM is, is Sprouts and KR is Kroger. Uh, Sprouts Farmers Market, I, we like that because of the growth. It's growing 10 to 16% per quarter. And before COVID, it was still growing 8 to 10%. So it, it's a growth po- possibility. And we're looking at uh, big earnings this year, $2.29. The year before it was a dollar twenty-five. Next year is going to be a dollar seventy-six. So even based on next year's earnings, the the PE is about eleven, and the range is nine to thirty-three. Return on equity is huge at twenty-six percent. That's huge for a grocery store. Cash flow is very large at three dollars. I I think it's just, I think it's and they don't even though they're expanding, their debt is not unmanageable. They have a pretty decent low debt level, really. So I really like I really like Sprouts, and since I do shop there, I really like it. <laughs> I like what they have. I like their their healthy variety of choices, and and I, I don't know. I just like Sprouts. I think it's a good chain. I like Kroger too. Don't get me wrong, but Kroger's massively big. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine two four two seven eight. Okay. Inflation news today, PPI, CPI came out today and yesterday. The PPI showed a little bit of inflation, three-tenths of a percent uptick. They expected it to be two-tenths of a percent uptick and was four-tenths of a percent uptick the month before. So you're seeing a little bit of pressure on the PPI, which is the producer price level, producer price index. That's when the, the, the producers are paying more. Okay, the CPI is a little bit different. Consumer price index at the consumer level, me and you. There was zero, zero increase. Uh, they expected to increase one-tenth of a percent, and the month before it increased two-tenths of a percent. And it was true for both the overall CPI and the core. Same, same numbers. So we're not seeing any inflation at the consumer level. When when we see it? Well, we know it's starting to percolate there in a producer level, so it's going to flow to us at some point. It will flow. Probably when we start recovering from all this COVID. Now, we are recovering, right? We are. The economy is growing. It had a huge quarter and all that stuff. But you have to look at a different way. What was our absolute size of the economy last year? $20.5 trillion or so. This year, it's going to be nineteen. See, so, yeah, we might be growing, but it's still going to be a smaller economy. Our U.S. economy will be smaller this year than last year. Understandably so, right? But the damage is not nearly as much as it could have been. It could have been a lot worse. So 
I, I think that our government actually did a pretty good job getting us out of uh, the recession. Of course, by the pretty good job, that means they spent buku bucks. No one cared about how the debt that is going to come back and bite us at some point. Just so you know, it will. Okay, I wanted to talk a little bit about marketing yourself to get a new job. Maybe you can pass this along to younger people. You know, you need, when you go looking for a job, you just don't go in there and say, hey, I want a job, give me a job. It, that doesn't work. <laughs> you can't do it that way, okay? Or do it on online. Everything gets online these days, and you can do a Zoom and interview or whatever. But you gotta, you got to have a good pitch. you gotta, you got to sell yourself. And I think a lot of young people don't. They don't think they have to. No, you really got to go in and sell yourself and develop that pitch. You really do. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program. I will return next week. Justin Klein will be here on Monday. In the meantime, please tell your friends and family members that they can choose from over 100 archived Investop podcasts free. Uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and at investtalk.com. And remember to rate us. We want you to review and rate us. I appreciate that. So spread the word. Spread it out there to everybody. And remember, the program streams live at 4 o'clock hour Pacific time at investtalk.com. Independent thinking, shared success. This is Talk. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.